Good evening, church. Welcome to the first life class in the second half of the year, the first life class of July, and you are in for a great time in the presence of the Lord. I'm starting a new series tonight, a teaching on repositioning for greatness. And I think it's a very, very important teaching at this time, at this season. We need to reposition for greatness, even as we are living in challenging times, even as we've stepped into the second half of the year. Rather than wait till later in the year to start talking about greatness, let's talk about it now so that you can position yourself that by the time the year is closing out, you will be in a true manifested position of greatness in the mighty name of Jesus. Tonight, I'm laying a foundation. It's going to bless you. It's going to eliminate you. It's going to liberate you. And you really don't want to miss it. It's going to be a blessing to you. I'm going to go deep because again, depending on how high you want to go determines how deep you build and lay the foundation. I want to lay a strong foundation from which we will arise throughout this month and throughout this series in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Blessed be God. All right, let's let's dive right in there. My pilot text is taken from the classic um, portion of scripture, Genesis and chapter 12 from verse 1 to 3. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 to 3. This is the call of Abraham who later becomes Abraham. All right, and it says, and now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow, this is a powerful portion of scripture. And there are so many truths to draw out of this scripture. But let me start by letting you know that Abraham was called to be great. This was not Abraham's calling himself to be great. This was God calling Abraham to be great. It wasn't Abraham's call. It was God's call on Abraham to make him great. It was God that called him and said, I will make you great. In other words, it was God's design, God's desire, God's intent, God's plan for Abraham to be great. Great, Greatness was not Abraham's design. Greatness was God's design. It was God's intent. And the blessings we see listed out in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3 here, reveal God's heart intent not just for Abraham, but for every one of us. God wants you to be great. And God is putting things in position for your greatness. Oh, I'm already feeling a prophetic unction right now to let you know that you are going to be greater than you ever imagined. Even in the next number of weeks and months and before the close of this year, God is going to strategically position you for greatness, for his divine purpose, and for his divine 
intent regardless of the challenging times that we are living in in fact it is even in challenging times that greatness is needed we need great leaders we need great servant leaders at this time so more than ever we need to be great we need great leaders to emerge now also note that it was god that called abram to be great meaning that god had no problem with abram being great God has no problem with you being great. In fact, God wants you to be great. God is not insecure with your greatness. The greater you are, the greater God is. God is not insecure like some men are who feel that you've got to be down for them to be up. No, 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 no. God wants you up. God wants you to be great because in your greatness, he even gets even more glory. Hallelujah. He's comfortable with you being great. You don't make God bigger by you becoming uh, mediocre or average or, 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 or not performing. No, God wants you to be great. And in our text, we can see that God is positioning Abraham to be great. He was positioning Abraham for greatness. And the simple subject of my teaching, which I used to open our series this month and lay the foundation, is positioned for greatness. Positioned for greatness. Let's pray. Mighty Father, I ask that you take complete control in these next number of minutes. I yield my members, my mind, my thought processes over to you. I ask that you take complete control. I ask that you speak through me. I stir up the giftings within the anointing upon prophetic unction to speak and to teach a word in season that will unleash the greatness that is already resident within us in the name of Jesus. I pray for that person that is struggling, that is feeling beat down and low down. I decree and declare that even by reason of the words you hear tonight, you will be raised up to a new level of experience with God in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. It's not too late to quickly invite people to join us. Go ahead, send out that text message. Tell them that you feel like something's about to happen. You feel like a strong word is about to be released and you don't want them to miss it. Come on, invite them and tell them to join us in tonight's life class. After the live class, I'm going to jump onto Clubhouse for about 30 minutes from 8.30 p.m. to just further discuss with you and anybody that wants to join us there. All right. Now, we look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, and we see God's first instruction to Abraham on his way to greatness. His first instruction was that Abraham should get out of his country, out from his family, and from his father's land or house to a land that he would show him. The first instruction was to get out. You have to get out in order to get in. You have to get out in order to get in. You have to leave in order to cleave. If you want to cleave onto something, you've got to leave something. So God says, I want to make you great. But the first thing you need to do for me to be able to make you great is that you have to leave something so that you can cleave to something else. You have to get out in order to be able to get in. And this is the first test for greatness. 
if you are going to be great the way God wants you to be great, you are going to have to be willing to leave some things. I'm preaching good right now. You've got to be willing to leave some things. The thing that is stopping a whole lot of people from becoming great like God desires and designed for them to be is simply their unwillingness to leave certain things, leave certain relationships, leave certain bad habits, leave certain proclivities. If you are not willing to leave it, then you are not going to be able to cleave to the next level. You are not going to be able to cleave, that is to become attached to the next level of greatness that God has for you. In fact, for every new level, there has to be a departure from the last level. There has to be a leaving for an arising. So you've got to be willing to leave. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but there are some things that the Holy Spirit has been has been speaking to you, has been talking to you about leaving and you've been struggling. No, I want to hold on to it. I want to keep on doing it. And you've got to realize you can't go to your next level until you are willing to leave the last level and all of the comfortabilities that we were with that level. There are certain habits that you had that God is saying that, hey, you got to let go of that if you're going to be great the way that I want you to be great. You've got to leave. You've got to get out to be able to get in. Now, there are three levels of getting out that God actually required of Abraham in this text. He said that Abraham should leave his country, he should leave his family, he should leave his father's house. And this this has so much implications, but I'm just going to try to keep it simple. When God says, get out from your country, your country is your identity. Just like when we ask anybody, you know, you meet somebody, the person tells you, where are you from? Why are we asking where a person is from? We're trying to identify this person. Where are you from? So country speaks of identity. So when God is telling Abraham to leave his country, he's saying, leave your former identity. Leave your former identity to embrace a new identity. You've been defined by where you are from. Now I need you to be defined by something else. I need you to be defined by what I say about you. I need you to be defined by where I am taking you. Glory to God. Too many of us, our lives are defined solely and completely by where we are from, what we have been through, what our past looked like. Meanwhile, God is saying, for where I want to take you to, you've got to let go of the past. Get out of your country. Take only the lessons you've learned from your past, but leave your past in the past. Get out from your country. It's telling you, let go of that identity. Get, let go of that past that defined you in a certain way. That you what made a mess doesn't make you a mess. Woo! Hallelujah. He says, let it go. Get out of your country. Let go of that identity and now embrace a new identity. The identity that you have in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's saying that now come into the kingdom of God where you now have an identity that is defined by the kingdom of God. For those of us that are in the kingdom of God, we are both kings and priests. Your new identity in Christ, whatever God says you are, that's what you are. Get out of your country. 
Then he says that you should also get out from your family. Now, what does that mean? Family is, is familiar. He's saying that if you are going to be great, you are going to have to be willing to step out from what you've been familiar with and enter into some areas that you aren't familiar with. Oh my goodness. Is anybody hear me what I'm saying tonight, what I'm teaching you tonight? If you are going to be great, if you are going to be positioned for greatness, you've got to be willing to let go of the familiar. You've got to be willing to step into terrains you've never stepped into, into before. You've got to be willing to be adventurous. You're going to be willing, for example, a singer to try to hit notes that you've never hit before. Uh, a dancer, you've got to try to some steps that you've never been able to do before. You've got to leave the familiar family. You've got to leave the familiar, what you are familiar with. You've got to be willing to let it go to go to the next level. Great doesn't happen in the familiar. Hallelujah. Woo! Blessed be God. Amen and amen. I could go deeper on that one, but time forbids me. Let me move forward. The next thing he says that you've got to leave your father's house. Now, what is your father's house? Your father's house is where your needs are being catered for by somebody else. The father of a house is responsible for that house. He's responsible for provision in that house. He's responsible for taking care of those that are under his roof. This is the father of the house. So when he tells Abraham to leave his father's house, he's saying, I need you to leave somebody else being responsible for you, to, for you, to you becoming responsible for yourself in me. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? is actually telling you that it's time for you to leave your comfort zone because your father's house is your comfort zone where everybody else was running around doing all sorts of things for you. Now for you to be great, you've got to get to that place where you are responsible for yourself. The great does not happen in your comfort zone. Great does not happen in your comfort zone. Greatness does not happen in your comfort zone. Anybody that you see that is great has stepped out of their comfort zone into their discomfort zone. Hallelujah. Greatness happens in that place where you are stretched, where you go beyond what you, you had been your norm before. To get in, you have to be willing to get out of old things and old way of thinking, all right? You've got to be willing to get out of old things and old ways of thinking. So you've got to be able to let go of your old identity and embrace your identity now in Christ. You've got to leave the familiar, be willing to step in and be adventurous and do things you haven't done before. And you've got to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. These are the three things God said to Abraham. You have to get out of it. But I'm going to show you something else. Say that he said to Abraham, get out of your country, out of your family, out from your father's house to a land that I will show you. He didn't say, uh, come out to a land that I showed you yesterday or that I have already shown you. He said to a land that I will show you. My goodness. This therefore required faith. For Abraham to obey God, it required faith. He needed faith to be able to leave all that he knew for what he did not know that God said, I will show you. I haven't shown you yet. I wish God had said, let me first of all show you. Then you can then, then obey me. No, he said that, no, I need you to take me at my word. That's a word for somebody right now. God is saying, I need you to take me 
at my word. If I said I would do it, I will do it. If I said I will bring you out, I will bring you out. If I said I would take you to that next level, I will take you to that next level. So stop playing the waiting game with me. Step out in faith and obey me. That's a word for somebody right now. He's been telling you to do something. It's time for you to obey him and do exactly what he told you to do. Abraham left everything that he knew for the unknown. He stepped out on the word of God. He stepped out on the instruction of God. To be great, it requires faith. That's why he's called the father of faith. It requires faith to let go, to embrace something new, to get out, to get in. It requires faith. If you are going to be positioned for greatness, if you are going to be great, you've got to be willing to let go. You've got to be willing to walk by faith and not by sight. Every great man that you see is a man of faith. Even in the world, even those that don't know Christ, that are great in the world, they all were still men and women of faith who believed in something or the other and were willing to step out in the, on the limb, get out of their comfort zone, get out of the familiar, get out of how their past defined them and embrace something new. It takes faith to be great. Apart from obedience, the obedience of Abraham to the call of God, I, the question arises for me that what really positioned Abraham to be great? What really positioned Abraham for greatness? What was it? Now, God said in that Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to, to 3, he now says, I will bless you. I, I, I will make your name great. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Anyone that blesses you shall be blessed. Anyone that curses you shall be cursed. Anyone that uh, you shall be a blessing. And you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Can I tell you what I believe the secret ingredient was that the real thing that positioned Abraham for greatness? I'll tell you what it was. It was the blessing. Somebody type in the, the blessing right now. Facebook, YouTube, type in the blessing. The blessing makes the difference. It was the blessing of God that made the difference. I want, want to tell you that it was the blessing of God that positioned Abraham to become Abraham to become greatness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It was the blessing. That was the active agent. I believe what positioned Abraham for greatness was the blessing of God upon his life. The blessing is the secret source. It is the, 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 the root to the fruit. Ah, yes, the blessing is what makes a difference. And, and just last month where we dwelled on the blessing of God, we got so much insight about how the blessing is key. And in the last Sunday message, I said that I was going to revisit a few of those key points for you to understand that the blessing is key. The blessing, everything started with the blessing. Hallelujah. Everything started with the blessing. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, it says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill or replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Uh, for God to command them to be fruitful, it started first of all with God blessing them. It started with the blessing. The blessing is the secret source. It is the root to the fruit. It is the, it is the Midas touch. Before God commanded man to be fruitful, and all the other steps, uh, he first of all blessed them. This starts to reveal to us the very nature and definition of the blessing. The blessing is empowerment to prosper. Woo! 
the blessing is empowerment to prosper. The blessing, that's what God placed upon Adam and Eve that guaranteed that they would have dominion. The blessing, that was what God released upon Abraham that guaranteed that he would be great. It is the blessing that makes uh, the difference. Uh, the blessing is empowerment, uh, a divine empowerment uh, to prosper. It is divine enablement. I like to define the blessing like this. The blessing is that tangible spiritual force on the life of a man or a woman that causes him to prosper wherever he is and wherever he goes. Wherever the blessing is, it's just a matter of time. You're going to see it flourish. You're going to see prosperity. Uh, You know, the ultimate outcome of Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 where it says that and God bless them and be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion was dominion. So dominion is the ultimate outcome of the blessing. Another synonym for having dominion is to be great. So the blessing leads to greatness. The blessing will make you rich and add no sorrow. The blessing will make you great. The blessing is the secret ingredient. Uh, You see, we often define the blessing by the effects of the blessing. Um, We say that when we see certain things in the life of a person, we say that man is blessed. Understandably so. But I want to get you to see that it is not the effects that you see in the life of the man that is actually the blessing. Those are the results of the blessing. It's just like when you see leaves moving across the face of the earth and you say, that is the wind. It is not necessarily the wind. You are seeing the effects of the wind. You see, because even if there were no leaves to be blown across the, the, the ground, doesn't mean that the wind is not there. So sometimes we we limit the blessing to the effects of the blessing that we see. But the blessing is more than its effects. This also strikes the line of demarcation between the blessing and blessings, plural. Uh, We talk about blessings in the life of people, but the blessing is the is the is the energy. It is the backbone. It is the root. It is the source. It is the source. Yes, that's the right word. It's the source of the blessings. The blessing, singular, is the source of the blessings. The blessing is the root to the fruit. We often want to define it by the fruit, but we're saying that there is something that produced those fruits. And the thing that produced those fruits was the blessing of God. We look at oranges on an orange tree, and we say, oh, that is an orange tree because we see the oranges on the orange tree. But guess what? Well, let me ask you a question. Before there were oranges on that orange tree, was it an orange tree? When it was coming out of the ground, was it an orange tree? Was it not? Of course it was. So that it hadn't yet borne fruit doesn't mean it isn't an orange tree. It was just a matter of time for it to bear the evidence of what it was. Can I prophesy to somebody like I feel it? It's just a matter of time for your fruit to be evident, to become the proof. This principle is so true that Jesus in the New Testament talks about by their fruits you will know them. You are already something, but it's not apparent yet. But if you stay, if you stay faithful, if you will meditate upon these, 
these words and give yourself wholly unto, unto it, your profiting shall become evident unto everybody else. It will become obvious that you are indeed blessed. The blessing will produce the blessings, the plural form, the effects, the fruit, what people can see and point to. Hallelujah. But don't make a mistake and don't get it twisted. Even though I might not yet be bearing the fruits, even though right now you might not be able to see the effects, the fruit and the results of the blessing, I am still blessed. I am blessed in season and out of season. There is a season for fruit bearing. There's a season where it's the, you're not bearing fruit, but it doesn't mean that you are not blessed. It's just a matter of time. My blessed status is not defined by the temporal outward appearances that changes with season. I was born blessed. You are born blessed. You are born again blessed. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 I might not yet be manifesting my greatness, but I already have the active agent that makes for greatness, the blessing. I might not yet look great to you, but I already have the active agent that positions me for greatness, and that is the blessing. The blessing is what positions you whoo, to be great. The blessing is what positions you for greatness. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, if you believe it, come on, shout yes, shout amen, type amen, give God the glory right now in the name of Jesus. Look, you are already blessed. The blessing is upon you and it's just a matter of time it's going to manifest. It's going to show up. Hallelujah. Now let's interrogate even a little bit deeper and a little bit further. The purpose of greatness, the purpose of the blessing. The question should be asked, why did God want Abraham to be great? Why did God want Abraham, Abraham, Abraham became Abraham. Why did God want him to be great? It was not greatness for the sake of greatness. It wasn't greatness for self-aggrandizement. It wasn't greatness so that I would have something to boast about. Why did God want Abraham to be great? Why does God want you to be great? Why does God want me to be great? His greatness, his greatness, Abraham's greatness, which sources from the blessing that was upon his life, is a greatness on purpose and for purpose. It is a greatness on purpose and for purpose. God wants you to be great on purpose and he wants you to be great for a purpose. Ooh, hallelujah, Jesus, help us to grasp this. He wants us to be great on purpose and for purpose. Hallelujah. It reminds me of this other scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. It says, and God gives you the power to get wealth that he might establish the covenant that he made with your father Abraham or with your forefathers. So the reason he's bringing greatness into your life, the reason he's giving you the power to get wealth, the reason he's, he's, he's letting you become as big as you are becoming is actually, I need to preach this, it's actually because he wants to make sure that that original promise, that original covenant, that original prophecy that he made to Abraham would be fulfilled. Hallelujah. And so we start to see the purpose of greatness. We start to see the purpose 
of the blessing. Hallelujah. And we see the end goal of the blessing of the greatness of Abraham in verse 3, where it says, In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So the intent of God, whoo, hallelujah, was that through Abraham's greatness, through the blessing of God upon Abraham's life that caused him to be great, through that, all the families of the earth would be blessed. This is the purpose. The purpose for your greatness is not just for yourself, but it is for all the families of the earth. It's for multiple other people. It's not just for you to feel good, drive good, live good, eat good, dress good. No, 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 no. It's so that you can become a source of blessing. Listen to what God said to Abraham. He said that I will make you a blessing. I'm not just going to make you blessed. I'm not just going to bless you. I am going to make you a blessing so that through you, other people will be blessed. Anyone that blesses you shall be blessed. Anyone that curses you shall be cursed. So we start to see that the covenant intent and purpose of God in, in the blessing to make Abraham greater was so that through him, the father of faith, all the families of the earth would be blessed. All the families of the earth. So this blessing was never meant to stay only with blessed Israel. And doubt it not, Israel is blessed. That country, that people is blessed. They've been blessed right from the beginning. It's a covenant. They are a blessed people. Whatever feelings and persuasions you have about Israel, whatever reservations you have about the modern day nation of Israel, you cannot, you cannot gainsay that they are blessed. How do you prosper? How do you thrive in a desert and surrounded by enemies that want you wiped off the surface of the earth? Yet you've turned a, a desert into a luscious paradise. Wow. It's the blessing of God. The blessing of God. The blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich and it addeth no sorrow. It maketh rich and it addeth no sorrow. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But God's intent was that the blessing would not remain with Israel. This blessing, this mandate of greatness would pass from Israel to all the families of the earth. The blessing has, had found its place amongst the children of Israel, but it, was, it had not yet reached all the families of the earth. The blessing had to move from just one house from just the house of Israel and penetrate into all the families of the earth. Hallelujah. This was God's intent. And God had said that this would be done through Abraham's seed. Now you start to see, listen to me people, this is heavy. You start to see why there was such a spiritual battle around Abraham having offspring. There was such a spiritual battle around Abraham having an offspring because without an offspring, the, 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 the generations of the blessing that was intended not just for Israel, but for all of the nations of the earth could have been cut short. You see, sometimes when the enemy is coming against one area of your life so bad, 
is because he's been able to smell or sense that that area is the thing that is not just going to deliver you, but is going to deliver whole generations and peoples. So sometimes when you feel that attack in that area, you've just got to realize that this is important and I ain't going to let go. I'm not going to lose. In Genesis chapter 22 verse 18, God says further, he says, in thee, in thy seed, in thy seed. Now he's specific, he's talking to Abraham. In thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. In thy seed. So he talks about seed now. Hallelujah. And this was on the mountains of Mar Moriah where Abraham had obeyed God in bringing his son to be sacrificed. And then God says, oh, now that you've obeyed me, guess what? In thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Thy seed. What seed is he talking about? The way you're going to know the seed through which God, the seed that God was talking about is if that seed starts to bless all the families of the earth. What seed? Was it, was it uh, uh, Isaac? No. Isaac wasn't through Isaac because Isaac didn't bless all the families of the earth. Was it through Jacob? No, it wasn't Jacob. Was it through Israel? No. Jacob became Israel. Israel became the 12 tribes. The 12 tribes continued, but they still remained insular. It was still just them. The couriers, they were couriers. Hallelujah. They were couriers of the blessing, but they were not the seed in particular. In, in the in the in the last sermon in 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 June, I, I we traced the blessing. We saw the blessing going down the generations, and you start to see that the the blessing was being preserved. In fact, I dare say that the reason that Joseph was sold uh, was sold into slavery and went into Egypt and all that happened to him happened to him was actually for the preservation of the blessing. Because guess what? If, if Joseph had not been in, in, in Egypt, he would have not been able to give the strategy for the preservation of not just Egypt, but all the other nations that became dependent upon Egypt for sustenance. Uh -huh. They wouldn't have had that strategy, so they would have been in as big soup as everybody else. And I dare say that the grand design wasn't even about everybody else at that point in time. The grand design was actually so that the house of Israel would be preserved because they too were hit with the famine and they were so desperate that, that, that um, Israel had to send his sons to go and try to get food. Because if, if Joseph had not been there to set up the strategy, then they too would have died with the multiple people that were dying from starvation and from famine. But God knew that the blessing had to stay in the earth. It had to go from generation to generation. It had to go, go from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Israel to the 12 tribes and on and on and on. And we are still looking for this seed that God talked about that in this seed shall all the families of the earth, because the grand design, the grand purpose of your greatness, the grand purpose of your blessing is that all families of the earth will be blessed. Somebody is going to deliver an innovative idea, is going to deliver a solution that is going to be a blessing, not just to their immediate family, but to multiple families. If you are the one, shout amen, type amen, receive it by faith, even right now in the name of Jesus.
Now, we, we see the seed and it's unveiled to us in Galatians. Galatians chapter 3 verse 6 to 9. It says, Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. We who are of faith, we are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would just justify the heathen, heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That was the first promise. Then he says, So then they which are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Then jump to verse 16 and it says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not to seeds. He didn't use the plural seeds, but as of many, but as of one. So he was talking about one seed in particular. And to thy seed, in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What seed is this? We read it in Genesis 9, 16, the last statement. To thy seed, which is Christ. Hallelujah. Christ is the seed through which the very original intent and purpose for the blessing and for greatness will be fulfilled. That, that same blessing, that same potential, that same enablement for greatness would pass on to all the families of the earth. The seed was and is Christ Jesus. Jesus was and is the seed through which all the families of the earth would receive the blessing of Abraham. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. Amen and amen. We are now partakers of that mandate, that mandate by virtue of the new birth we have in Christ Jesus. We are now the seed of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. You, you have to see how rich this is, how much a blessing this is when you really, really grasp it. So the seed comes through Christ. Christ dies on the cross. He rises, he rises from the dead. He, he, he speaks to his disciples. He tells them to wait in Jerusalem for the endowment of power of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and the church is inaugurated. It is birthed. And they go out declaring the praises of the God unto many, many nations of people that were gathered in Jerusalem at that time for um, Pentecost. And on uh, many thousands gave their lives or submitted to the doctrine of the apostles and, and became new creations in Christ Jesus. But guess what? The, the, even then, the early disciples still wanted to keep this blessing, still wanted to keep this emancipation, still wanted to keep this glory, still wanted to keep this greatness only amongst the Jewish people. Hallelujah. So they were keeping it in Jerusalem. They were keeping it amongst the Israelites alone. But the covenant and the blessing was that through this seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed, that this must go out. It must go beyond just Jewish people, just Israelites. And so God allowed persecution to arise and they started getting persecuted. God is allowing some persecution in your life because he needs to push you into your purpose. You've been 
been in your comfort zone too long and God is trying to push you out of your comfort zone into your greatness. So God allowed persecution to arise uh, against them and they were getting persecuted and persecuted to the point where Stephen was taken and stoned to death. And it was at that point that the, 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 the apostles and the disciples and those that had been converted started to scatter abroad. We see even in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 where it says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses unto in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to where? Unto the ends of the earth, to all the families of the earth. So this mandate still had to be fulfilled. God allowed certain things to allow his original mandate to, to, to be fulfilled. So they started to scatter abroad and they brought the word of Christ, the gospel of the kingdom. Hallelujah. The blessing, the greatness was now being passed into other families and then arose he that was a persecutor of the church uh, Paul uh, arose uh, and God anointed him specifically and called him you are my apostle to the Gentiles because my original intent and purpose must be fulfilled all families of the earth must be blessed so he empowered uh, uh, Paul to come and preach the gospel and if you study the book of Acts you see the contention with the more traditional Jewish Christians still trying to make it a Jewish thing instead of an all nations of the earth thing. Trying to get anybody, even their, their initial concession that, well, if you want to come into this thing, you have to submit to all the rights of the Jewish people. You've got to be circumcised and you've got to observe this and observe that. But Paul arose and said, no, salvation is not by works. It's by grace, for we are saved by grace through faith. That not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. Hallelujah. So we start to see that the whole purpose of this blessing and Paul's ministry was to make sure that this blessing and this mandate is extended beyond and blessed Israel to all the nations of the earth. And how do we get blessed? We are born blessed. This is what qualifies you for the blessing, not your works, but your birth. This is what qualifies you for the blessing, not your works, but your birth. This is what qualifies you for the blessing, not your works, but your birth. Hallelujah. Uh, when you are born again, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. We become spiritual Israel. Woo, hallelujah. And the blessing is up upon us, which is what positions you for greatness. You are born to be great. The blessing positions you to be great. And this is why you now have to become conscious, renewed in your mind as regards your blessed state, that your blessed state is not governed by your current temporal affliction. Your blessed best state is a reality. It is what you are. By birth, you are blessed. So Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says that, um, thanks be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has pastors, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. We are blessed. You are blessed. 
realizing that you are already blessed is the starting place. Realizing, embracing, believing, accepting that you are already blessed is the starting place of your greatness. Hallelujah. Realizing your position in Christ Jesus is what positions you for greatness in the earth. Did you get that? Realizing your already position. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, where you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So realizing and embracing your already position in Christ is what positions you for greatness in the earth. You're, you're embracing your already position in Christ, seated in heavenly places above all spiritual, uh, all powers and dominion, uh, blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Embracing that position is what changes your condition here on the earth and, and steps you into a condition of true greatness. Hallelujah. So I want to start this series by getting you to accept, believe, embrace that you are blessed. Come on, say it right now. I am blessed. I am already blessed. From the top of my head to the sole of my feet, I'm blessed spirit, soul, and body. I'm blessed in my going out and in my coming in. My hands are blessed. Everything I lay my hands upon to do, it is blessed so it prospers. I am blessed. you got to believe it. Let God be true and every man a liar. Embrace your blessed status. Believe that. That's where you start. That's where you are positioned for greatness. You are positioned in the blessing for greatness. You've got to embrace that. You've got to believe that. You've got to walk in that consciousness of being already blessed. Even when it does not look like it, you are blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You walk in the consciousness of that blessing from today onwards. You walk in the consciousness of that blessing that you are already blessed. You are already empowered by God to prosper in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. Father, we give you the glory. Hallelujah to your name. Over the next couple of weeks, what I'm going to be teaching about now is how to manifest that greatness. You are already great. You just didn't know it uh, because the blessing is upon you. How to manifest that greatness. How to get what is in to start to show up without. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? You don't want to miss any of the Wednesdays of this month as we start to talk about the pathway to manifesting your greatness. Do you get it now? You are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But that's in heavenly places. You are walking on the earth. So how do you transfer, teleport, manifest? I like the word manifest. Manifest your spiritual reality into your earthly domain. That's what we're going to be dealing with. We're going to be looking at the, the stepways, the stepwise, how that is done. How do you manifest the greatness that you already have and you already are but it starts with first of all believing that indeed you are you are the head and not the tail you are above and not beneath you are already blessed now how do you manifest it what is the pathway for for, for manifesting your greatness that's what the teaching is going to be over the next couple of weeks 
and it's going to bless you. I'm, I'm trusting God to really, really help me to break it down and to bring it into real application in your life in the name of Jesus because I'm raising a great people. I'm raising giants. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spiritual giants. You're going to be great. You're going to be powerful. Whatever your sector is, you're going to manifest and display the greatness of God. The whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the greatness of the sons of God. That's you. That's me. We will do it. But you can't be great if you haven't yet embraced the gift of Christ Jesus. The price that he paid for you to be saved. You've got to surrender your life to him. Let go and let God. If you are out there and you're not saved and you want to surrender your life to Christ today, please repeat these words of prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the price that you paid. Thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I repent of my sin. I believe with my heart. I confess with my mouth you as my Lord and my Savior. By faith right now, I am saved. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Glory to God. If you prayed that prayer, you are indeed saved. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We want to help you to grow in the Lord. So email us, visit our website, direct message us on any of our social media platforms. Use any of the details that are on the screen now and let's help you to grow in the Lord. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. We can't close out this service without giving an opportunity for you to give unto the Lord. So the details on, on the various ways in which you can give are now being shown on the screen. Please choose the one that is most preferred by you. I want to encourage you to be generous in your giving. It takes a lot of finance to do the things that we do. So I really, really trust that as you give generously, God will bless you. You are already blessed. The blessings will manifest in your life. Hallelujah. Great things will happen indeed. Doors will open for you. All things are working together for your good. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's close this service with a word of benediction. Father, we bless you. We share the grace in fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. And surely, God's goodness and God's mercies shall follow you all the days of your life. And you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen and amen. God bless you. <music>